Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, Tuesday, February 20th, presented by Boston Hemp, Inc., Ian Cameron and Alex B. Smith, and we'll have our Tuesday guest, Matt Robinson, with us shortly as well, ready to break down the Tuesday NHL card, uh, eight games tonight in the NHL. And for those of you that are a Patreon member, and actually, if you've been checking out the Ice Guys Twitter, mine as well, Alex's as well, you know this now, it is a Patreon-exclusive BetCast game day. That's right, this is the day. Our next Patreon-exclusive BetCast tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern time. We're excited about it, uh, and this is going to be, uh, if it's anything like Thursday, man, hopefully it is, because that was a hugely profitable BetCast. Uh, we are very much looking forward to tonight. So that's 7 p.m. Eastern time, Patreon-exclusive BetCast, available only to Patreon members. So again, make sure you sign up. If you're not a Patreon member already, you are not going to want to miss out uh, on this second Patreon-exclusive uh, live BetCast tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. It's a really good slate. It's not quite next Tuesday's slate, but it's a pretty good one. You know, yeah. Stars and Rangers is a good game. Uh, of course, uh, Avs and Canucks say no more about how good of a game that is. Uh, we've got important points on the line tonight. Uh, you know, Minnesota-Winnipeg's an interesting game. Uh, Islanders and Penguins, almost like a loser, really is behind the eight ball as far as the playoffs are concerned type of game. So it is a very intriguing slate, and we will be on the air for our exclusive Patreon BetCast tonight during at 7 p.m. Eastern. And again, if you're a Patreon member, uh, you leave your name and your email address uh, in the comments section below where I posted that YouTube link, uh, and I will we will make sure we get the uh, uh, StreamYard link for the BetCast sent out to you. So we're very much looking forward to that tonight, Patreon-exclusive BetCast, our second one, Alex, here in the month of February. Yeah, like I said, hopefully we can try and duplicate uh, what we had uh, on the last BetCast a few days ago. And, and like I said, it's a great slate. And, uh, you know, I said more reps we get, the better we get with this. And, and it's no, none better than Thursday for sure. But, we, you know, it's going to be hard to duplicate, but it's not entirely impossible. And he said, you know, you're saying that recently. He said, well, it, you know, it's probably not going to happen again. Can't say never because it did happen once. So uh, we're going to try our best to, you know, get some winners here tonight. And it should be a lot of fun as always. So definitely looking forward. Yeah, absolutely. And yesterday was a huge day of hockey on this uh, holiday Monday. It was it was President's Day in the States, and it was a uh, combination, depending on what province you lived in in Canada, of uh, Heritage Day, Family Day, Louis Riel Day, uh, I believe, in some places as well. So there was some kind of holiday in the majority of uh, Canada. Not every province, believe it or not. There were a couple that still had to work, did not have a holiday yesterday. But the majority did. Uh, and as a result, there were a lot of... Uh, day games, and a huge slate of afternoon hockey uh, yesterday. Uh, and when you look back on it, we'll do that briefly uh, here on this um, the Monday slate yesterday. Pretty crazy, some of these games. Anaheim with a great start to the day for me. I know Matt joined in on the uh, Anaheim fun as well uh, as the Ducks beat the uh, Sabres 4-3 yesterday. So we had a team total and the uh, money line split with Anaheim coming off that shellacking against Toronto. Thought it was a pretty good situation to back 
Anaheim yesterday against a Buffalo team that, as we know, we can't trust them off a win. That's number one. And number two, we can't trust them laying minus 190. And we saw that clear as day uh, in that loss to the uh, Anaheim Ducks uh, on uh, Monday. So definitely interesting to see uh, if uh, Buffalo can uh, bounce back from that. It's been the kind of season it's been for them up and down, up and down. Gibson was phenomenal, by the way. Buffalo didn't really play that bad. Uh, but John Gibson was immense, especially with Anaheim uh, protecting that lead late. Toronto with a 4-2 win against St. Louis. Very workmanlike effort on the road from the Leafs. Solid effort. Matthew scores again. What else is new? That's now 49 goals for him. Uh, how much you want to bet he's going to get number 50 tonight back home in Arizona when they play the uh, Arizona Coyotes uh, tomorrow night? Probably a damn good chance of that. Um, so he scored. Matthew Nye's got a nice goal for uh Toronto. He's also going back to Arizona tomorrow night, so we'll have a lot of good props to maybe uh, sink our teeth into uh, tomorrow night in that Leafs-Coyotes game. But Toronto with a nice win, 4-2. Samsonov continues his bounce-back campaign and his bounce-back run after that rough go. Uh, Boston with a 4-3 win against Dallas. I'll tell you what, though. Dallas, full marks for them yesterday. Depleted, shorthanded. No Miro Haskinen for personal reasons. Duchesne a late scratch. Uh, definitely deplete Hockenpah already out on the blue line for them as well. And, and yet they outplayed the Bruins and deserved the two points. Let's be real. They did. You know, they had over 40 shots on goal. Uh, Swayman was good. They couldn't finish on some of their chances. And then it goes to a shootout. And uh, by the way, there was a post hit by Har uh, Harley uh, in overtime as well. I mean, that close it was for Dallas, but you can't fault the effort. It was a terrific effort given the situation. And unfortunately, they get beaten in a marathon shootout by the Boston Bruins. That shootout wasn't going to fucking end, it felt like. Uh, but finally, the uh, Bruins put it away uh, with a 4-3 shootout win. Much needed. I mean, they needed a win in a worse way. This homestand's been, you know, kind of a disaster when you think about it for the Bruins. So for them to pull it out, even when they got outplayed 4-3 uh, over Dallas, great to see. Uh, I don't know if that was the Vancouver Canucks versus the Minnesota Wild or the BC Lions versus the Minnesota Vikings yesterday, but that was uh, 10 to seven touchdown and a field goal for the wild uh, and a touchdown with the extra point for the Canucks. That was a batshit crazy third period. And really, I think it was a rare sign of panic in Vancouver. You know, they had gotten these five on three pen penalties assessed against them repeatedly yesterday. And then the puck is starting to go in left and right. And it's almost like there was panic in that team. And it's like, what the hell's just happened? I think they were shell-shocked like the entire hockey world that was tuning into that shit show of a hockey game. And I think that kind of built and snowballed into what happened to the Canucks. I don't think it's a sign where we need to panic and say, uh-oh, is this a sign of bad things to come? Uh, it's concerning. It's not what you want to see. Rick Tockett said at the end of the game that, hey, we can't take that many penalties, and it's a growing issue for Vancouver, the amount of penalties they've taken uh, in recent games. But it's still not what you want to see. It was not a good day either for DeSmith. They need a save at some point, too, and he was uh, off his game, you can tell us, as well uh, for the uh, Canucks. But credit to Minnesota. You know, that was a brutal loss for them against Buffalo. Brutal that you have two points in your back pocket and you lose that game in overtime. So to bounce back, beat a really good team like Vancouver, try to keep those playoff hopes alive, uh, very important two points for Minnesota and a rather stunning two points based on how it turned out, how that game played out. 10-7, three hat-tricks in the same game. I could not believe it. Uh, that is not something you see every day. Three hat-tricks by three different players in the same hockey game. 4-3 Detroit beat Seattle. Again, the home game off a road trip. 
uh, spot continues to be problematic. Seattle fell into that yesterday. The draw cashes in that game, which was good to see. How about a nice sweep? Get the curling reference out. Hard, real hard sweep, sweep. The Vegas Golden Knights, uh, 4-0 against San Jose. Team totals over in the first period. Full game team total. Puck line in the first period. All hitting for me with that Vegas uh, bounce back win uh, against the uh, San Jose Sharks, which was great to see. Another one, sweep, sweep, Edmonton, Arizona. Every bet there in that game. Arizona, uh, or sorry, both teams to score first period. First period over, full game over with that Edmonton, Arizona game. And by the way, we got a nice little group DM chat going on uh, on Twitter X. I think the majority of us jumped on Edmonton to come back and win that game going into the third period as well. Uh, and we ended up uh, coming through with that as uh, Edmonton ended up uh, racing a 3-2 deficit and winning that game 6-3 to uh, against Arizona. Tough spot for our Matt Belalta in his first NHL start. We talked about that yesterday. You know, I know he's had a nice season in the NHL, and he's maybe capable of being okay at this level, but you're going to put him in there against that Edmonton team in his first start? Good luck. And it was a tough spot to put him in, and Edmonton obviously uh, had their way in the third period en route to a 6-3 win over Arizona. John Massey nailed it with this Calgary team up. He said they'd watch them show up today against Winnipeg, although it didn't look good early. I mean, Sean Monaghan with a natural freaking hat trick in the first period for the Winnipeg Jets, staking them to a 3-1 to lead, and yet that was all she wrote for Winnipeg. They didn't score again after Monaghan's Hattie in the first. Five unanswered for Calgary, and they roar past Winnipeg 6-3 to yesterday afternoon not a great game with defensively from the jets just way too lax defensively loose in their coverage hellebuck maybe not necessarily at his best either but credit to calgary uh they bounce back after two home losses to the sharks and the red wings with a 6-3 win against winnipeg carolina 6-3 against chicago um sometimes the best laid plans don't work out and my little shot with chicago did not uh it was a, a 6-3 Car- carolina continues to impress they are motoring on and what a titanic clash that's going to be on Thursday night with the Panthers and the and the Hurricanes in a rematch of the Eastern Conference Final. That's going to be some kind of game coming up uh, on Thursday night. Great win for Carolina. How about the little vitriol and the little animosity and the little back and forth there with Connor Bedard and Spencer Martin? You wouldn't have expected something like that uh, in that game, but a little feisty. I like that. Bedard's got to show the, this league now in his first year because, you know, people are going to take liberties with him. He's going to have a target on his back because he's so talented, so skilled. You can't take shit from anybody. You just can't. And you can't show people that you're going to take shit from anybody. And so I like that he had a little pushback there. Don't take it. You know, you got to show that, hey, I'm going to push back. I'm a competitive bastard too, just like you. uh, And I'm going to show it. And uh, he did. And I have no problem with that. I have no problem with Spencer Martin reacting the way he did. And I have no problem with Connor Bedard reacting the way he did uh, in that game and last but not least this is the game that took me from having a monster day of profits to just a small day of profits tampa bay let me down he let all of us down he let the whole they let the whole freaking you know nhl betting sphere down because i think everybody and his brother loved the lightning in some form uh, last night uh, and they lose 4-2 to the uh, ottawa senators um look they look slow they lost puck battles, and after they swarmed Ottawa early, they were up six to one in shots in like the first three minutes, and then they went basically halfway through the game. They got two shots since uh, from that time. Just absolutely pathetic by the Lightning. And look, when you look at it, they got they did look slow. Hedman didn't have a great game. This blue line really is pathetic right now, 
uh, without Sergachev. Outside of Hedman, there's issues galore with this Tampa defense. You can forecheck this team to death right now with success. Ottawa was able to do that. Too many odd man rushes given up by Ottawa as well. And look, Vasilevsky, one, maybe two of those goals that went in. Vasilevsky, when he's at his A-plus form, he doesn't let those in. He doesn't. So he's not absolved of blame either for what we saw from Tampa Bay last night uh, in that game. So uh, very disheartening. And that's a that's a that's a bad sign for Tampa. I'm sorry. When you get trucked, all right, nine to two by the Florida Panthers at home, and you've got a home game the very next game against an inferior opponent, and you can barely muster a thrust of offense for 40 minutes against that team that struggled all year to keep the puck out of their own net. That's a problem, and that's a worry moving forward if I'm the Tampa Bay Lightning there. Uh, as, um, again, not what they used to be. Uh, Alex, thoughts on uh, a massive Monday slate? Yeah, a lot of good stuff and a lot of things to cover. Let's start with Tampa Bay because I was kind of talking about that in chat. So people asking what they've done. And I said, yeah, this team looks to be in really bad shape now. And you combine the whole body of work, right? What They went through the, at the beginning of the year, you know, having the injury, obviously, with Vasilevsky, weathering that storm enough to where Vasilevsky can come back Look early, but now all of a sudden you've got breakdowns with him. You're having breakdowns of defense. You're having the offense being kind of up and down at times. But his defensive roles are really the biggest problem of all. And obviously we saw the biggest of unraveling with that Florida-Tampa game, which, okay, blowouts, you try to just throw them out of your mind frame and move forward from that one particular contest. It's just a glowing sign of errors and issues right now. And when you look at other teams that have been playing well, and like I said, we talk about the massive body of work by the core guys of this Tampa group, the players that matter the most, the Vasilevskis, the points, the Kucherovs, the Stamkoses, they get worn down a little bit more. If they don't show up, those secondary guys don't show up, this is just a, a below average or terrible hockey team at times. And I don't think they're going to be able to weather the storm. I think eventually they fall out of favor and miss the playoffs. I said, said that in October, before October, when I made the bet, they missed the postseason. And uh, things are just kind of coming to fruition in a weirder than, than no expected way. I thought this team was just going to be bad all year and have a few spurts of being good, not really kind of treading even into the mediocre and middle range for the most of the other season. So their colors are finally showing at this point right now, and I think Tampa's in some serious trouble. They can't make changes enough uh, between now and the deadline because they're cap strong. They won't be able to make a whole lot of changes next year unless they start trading off some big pieces, and, and then now it looks like a rebuild. So – they're in really bad shape, and I don't know how long it's going to take for them to get out of that. Uh, Dallas and Boston, uh, incredible game. Just uh, unfortunate to lose it on the way that, that you, you lost that with uh, for us who had Dallas on the money line. But uh, just a fun contest to start the day. And, you know, you, you want to see that good back-and-forth kind of a battle, two teams that really, you know, needed the win, at least got one point out of it, and that's, that's how draw season works. Two teams needing points, at least in their own respective efforts. They get one, and they battle hard for that second one, and we saw a great shootout uh, wrap things up there. Uh, the Hawks game, the only thing really to talk about is that, which you mentioned with Spencer Martin and Connor Bedard going at it, and I like that. that that's good to see uh, Bedard, you know, stepping up, being he's the face of the franchise. He may not be the leader right now, but he's still the face of the franchise, and he's got to step up and show that he's not going to take shit from anybody. You know, Spencer Martin uh, pointing at the scoreboard, and good for him. You know, he's got that highlight now of him chirping with Bedard. So 10 years from now, we forget who Spencer Martin is. He can always go back to his friends and family and go, oh, yeah, you know, this thing happened with uh, – Connor Bedard, who's well on his way Shots to possibly fired. being a, a Hall of Famer, uh, you know, down by that time. So, you know, give yourself some some highlight time. I understand it. So, uh, Carolina with the win. Hawks still need to get a bunch of shit together. Probably need to fire some coaches because uh, this whole lack of offense thing is just 
egregious. I don't care how good of a bad team you are. Arizona and San Jose can put together some offense on a given night. Hawks can't do jack shit unless it is 98 handling everything. So that's a huge problem on the west side. Uh, we'll go with the Wild and Canucks game. Absolute pandemonium. 17 goals, three hat tricks. Uh, I can't imagine the kids who were at that game, maybe it's for the first or second time seeing a hockey game. That's not how it always goes, but at least you got to see an absolute classic. Three hat tricks uh, in, in the contest. Casey the Smith just uh, not him the defense just completely looking invisible for a six minute span, giving up five goals. Like it's absolutely brutal. I don't care if it's a track meet. You can't have that stretch of hockey happen at any point at any time, no matter what the the pace of the game is. That's just really bad. And four of six on the power play. Team has now given up six power play goals in the last two games. They're taking tons of penalties. That's the problem, number one, right? Don't care who you are. You can't be taking this many penalties. But if you do take this many penalties, you should probably be working on having a better penalty kill setup, working better defensively, clearing pucks out. They're not doing that right now. If we go back to the beginning of the year and we talk about Vancouver, none of us thought Vancouver would be the best team in the West or the best team in the league. But we said that this team could be decent, but one of the problems would more than likely end up being on the back end with things led by defense and the defensive coach that leads this team being Mr. Mike Yo. So now, just want to always point this out every time this team has some defensive struggles. As we get closer to the second half of the season, we talk about the X factors of what we love about this team. They have a goalie who can steal you a series and steal you games, and that's your Demko. They have tons of offensive talent. They have some talented blue liners. They have a good backup goalie as well in case this mess. But when you look at X's and O's, Rick Tockett probably won't get outcoached by a lot of guys, but Mike Yo could get outcoached by the three of us and most of the coaches in the National Hockey League. So that could be a problem later on for this team when they're trying to make their run through the Western Conference. And let's not forget, not only does Mike Yo manage a lot of the defense and the penalty kill on that Canucks team, he was hired as a Canucks assistant when Boudreaux was there. And that was when that team was just an absolute disaster area defensively. You know, pathetic. You know, remember early last year before the change was made, how brutal they were. The penalty kill was so bad. It's like you might as well put an automatic goal on the board for the other team because you know they're going to score. That's how bad it was for Vancouver's penalty kill. And I had just memories and bad memories of that coming back yesterday watching that Minnesota game where they just couldn't kill a penalty to save their lives of Vancouver yesterday. And Mike Yo has been at the forefront of that. Um, so, you know, there you go. Uh, Alex's uh, choice for uh, coach of the uh, coach of the decade, coach of the millennium here, uh, Mike Yo, up to his old tricks again uh, yesterday for the uh, Vancouver Canucks. But that's that's interesting that talk it kept him around. I'm a, I was surprised by that. Like, I really like most of that. I like foot. I like Gonchar, uh, those additions to that staff. But I was a little I was a little surprised that um, Mike Yo was retained. From the Boudreaux staff by uh, Rick Conn. I, I totally agree with Rich H. He he clearly has some powerful connections or some powerful information on somebody to stick around and have a job in this league. Because the only thing that he's really ever done that was of credit was winning a, a Calder Cup with Houston 20 years ago in, in a playoff where I'm pretty sure they were down like two of the five series uh, and had to come back in order to win that. So his resume is not impressive. He 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 clearly is one of these guys that just gets recycled for whatever reason. Recycled coach. We've seen that millions of times uh, before uh, in this league. No question about that. Uh, Matt Robinson, we hope his job interview uh, went well. That's why he was a few minutes late. But Matt, uh, your thoughts on what we saw yesterday? It was certainly quite the uh, busy slate of games. 
Yeah, busy slate, and I, I kind of love the holidays where it's it feels almost like a Saturday, 9.30 start time for the first game for me, all the way to the late games were 4 o'clock, so full day of slate. Um, had a good day myself. Um, the only three misses I had, um, I had Thomas Harley anytime goal scorer, which that uh, post could have you know, yeah. been a nice hit there. I had the Stars money line plus 115. Um, obviously, that would have resolved that as well. And then I, I was on Maple Leafs Blues over six and a half, which obviously got to six late. Um, bad beat there. But, yeah, had some good live plays. I um, I live bet the Blackhawks Hurricanes over five uh, after the first period. That obviously went way over. Um, I had a couple first period overs. In the Stars game, I had over five and a half and over six because the line moved. It actually moved down uh, right before the game to five and a half, which I thought was odd given the Stars lineup changes. I mean, they were playing a, a an AHL pair of D um, that did have some good experience in the NHL. But, but yeah, obviously, you know, that was my focal point of the morning games, what I was watching. Um, I thought Dallas played outstanding. Um, you mentioned it. I think they deserve to win that game. They had more than enough chances, though, in overtime, as well as the shootout. You know, being the team that was shooting second, they had like five different times to close it um, and, you know, let Boston back in. But, you know, those games are going to happen. Um, both goalies played lights out, um, you know, even though it was a 4-3 um, into the game. I I mean, you can't blame either goalie for that game. Um, ton of chances on the ice. Um, but, yeah, so... Looking forward to tonight. Uh, there's a good slate on, as well as obviously the BetCast um, tonight for the Patreon members. So um, hoping to have the same luck as we had last Thursday. I had a lot of great um, hits before the game. And then, you know, we also had some great hits during, uh, during the slate of games as well. So I'm um, looking forward to it. Yeah, we sure did, Matty. Uh, it was a great Thursday night last night, that BetCast with the profits. And uh, the results were absolutely scintillating. Uh, so, again, that is tonight uh, at 7 o'clock p.m. Don't you dare miss it. I will uh, put it up uh, on the uh, screen one more time here. There it is. Patreon.com slash Ice Guys. $10 per month. Exclusive BetCast tonight, 7 o'clock p.m. Uh, Eastern Time. And it is a, a great slate of Tuesday night games. And a lot of great opportunities uh, that we should have from a live betting standpoint uh, on the BetCast tonight. So, again, to watch the BetCast and also to join us on the BetCast, the only way to do it is be becoming a Patreon member. So if you aren't one already, sign up, patreon.com slash iceguys, uh, just $10 per month. All right, before we get into the Tuesday card, I want to uh, talk about and actually show something that's been pretty viral on uh, hockey Twitter the last 12 to 24 hours. I'm sure a lot of people wondered what he's been doing, where he's been. Uh, he's someone that's been in broadcasting a long time. Uh, obviously the legendary voice of the NHL on ESPN for years and did a lot of Baltimore Orioles baseball for a long period of time. Yet somehow, some way they said, you know, we're parting ways with them. The Orioles did a few years ago. I can't fathom why they did that, even though the young kid that's taken over is pretty good. Kevin Brown, uh, who was in that controversy last year with the Orioles. But yeah, I mean, following Gary Thorne is not easy. And then, of course, Gary Thorne not included in the uh, uh, the second tour of duty, if you will, with the NHL on ESPN. Now, what I read about it was that they just figured Gary's in his 70s, and he is 75. He's not a young guy. 
uh, Gary Thorne, that they said, you know what, if we were to bring back, they did consider it. It's not like they completely said, oh, we're not even bothering with it. But they've said, you know what, we, we, we're going to have this package for a long time. We're going to have the rights for many years. We don't want to commit, you know, to Gary for a long-term contract when he's already of the age he is. I, I get that, but man. You couldn't have maybe shortened some kind of maybe two, three, four year deal with Gary and then reevaluate where things are at that point. Give him a shot to do some games on ESPN because people wondering what's Gary Thorne up to these days, not doing hockey since ESPN got it back. He's not doing baseball anymore. He is apparently doing play by play for high school hockey. Uh, And a clip was posted yesterday with Gary Thorne on the call. And it just happened that this particular high school hockey game that the great Gary, and I mean great, the great Gary Thorne called yesterday was actually involving his grandson. He was playing in the game uh, as well. So this clip ended up getting a lot of um, attention. Uh, people, uh, you know, just excited to hear that great voice, those great golden pipes of Gary Thorne that we remember uh, from back in the day. So we'll play it for you right now. And I'm telling you what, just in this one little clip you'll see here and here, he sounds as good as ever. He sounds like you can put him in a booth tonight to do Canucks Avalanche and he'd be ready to go and he would give you a fucking great call uh, of the game. So here is the great Gary Thorne uh, calling high school hockey. Here we go. Of the zone to slip the head. Julian got it up. Mahar. Mahar looking to center. It did. Score! Julian out in front. Goal number two of the game. And it's a goal ahead goal. Five to four. How about that? How about hearing that great voice again? Uh, absolutely. I loved it. Uh, and everybody, I'm, if you read it, all the replies to that uh, Gary Thorne uh, audio clip and video clip, it's everyone saying we miss him. How could ESPN not bring him back? And man, it is uh, if you grew up with hockey in the 90s and early 2000s, when ESPN last had the rights, Gary Thorne and Bill Clement, uh, my goodness, and some of the iconic calls he made. Regular season, playoffs, Stanley Cup final, it didn't matter. Man, it was so great to hear that voice again yesterday, Alex. And actually, it was Alex's tweet where I first met, first saw it, first uh, realized that that had been posted. So great to hear the great voice of Gary Thorne again. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's a cool moment, especially for, for those young players. I mean, honestly, they have that highlight as Gary Thorne calling one of your goals in a high school game. That That's absolutely cool. I, I'm, I'm sure there's some people on the team who may not even remember when Thorne obviously uh, or may have not even heard any of his calls from back in the day, obviously. But uh, like I said, for those who actually do remember, that's a really cool moment. And then at the same time, it's infuriating. As a Hawks fan who has to listen to Chris Foster's every night, for Bruins fans who have to listen to Jack Edwards deal with whatever health issue he has going on every night, for San Jose Sharks fans who listen to the annoying voice of Randy Hahn every night, that there's somebody as talented as Gary Thorne around and he does not have a job with an NHL team. That is just absolutely baffling to me. Like I said, even if ESPN couldn't have hired all these outdoor games and these winter classics and different things, to have him for those, have him for, for certain playoff games, the Stanley Cup final. I mean, you didn't have to be on every game, but to have that that voice, especially for certain top-tier moments, the same thing, you you know, they wheel out Chris Berman every, you know, what, once every four months, five months. There's no reason why ESPN couldn't have given uh, Thorne a handful of games, but uh, it, it is cool, like I said, have that moment with those kids and the fact that he's still calling games in some capacity. That's a, a good thing to hear. Matt, do you have any memories of Gary Thorne? Or was that just a little, were you a little too young at that time? Like with Gary Thorne, what, what are your memories of him? Yeah, I, I think I was a little too young. Um, 
you know, at that time I was pretty much just watching local stars games um, on regular cable. So didn't catch a lot of, uh, a lot of other announcers at that time. So yeah, we're all geezers, Alex and I compared to Matt. Here. <laughs> Although it's not actually, it's not a huge gap. I think Matt's at least in his thir- 30, 31, right, Matt? Yeah, I turned 31 oh, okay. in December. So okay, yeah. So yeah, you just you just yeah. three years behind me then. Yeah, but didn't watch many because yeah. remember back yeah. in the day, you know, it's not as easy to watch all the hockey you can today as well. So keep that oh, in that's mind. Yeah. There's no question. So you're right. Probably didn't get a chance to see. I want to play the one more because uh, John Massey uh, mentioned it. This is one of the, not only Gary's great, maybe I think it is Gary Thorne's greatest hockey call. It's one of the greatest calls of all time in sports. I don't care if you hate hockey. There is no way you can't say to me that this is one of the this isn't one of the greatest calls of all time. The way he did it. It was Korea getting knocked out by Stevens, Devils Ducks final, Stanley Cup final 2002. <laughs> Everyone thought he's done, Korea. Done for the game, maybe done for the series. And he got plastered in that game and he couldn't move. He had to be helped off the ice. But he comes back later in the same game after Stevens popped him and he scores a Huge goal for Anaheim and the iconic, and I mean iconic, call from Gary Thorne of that moment puts hairs on, you know, has your hair standing on end. You know, that is how uh, incredible it was. So this is 2002. Like I said, it's, like I said, for Gary Thorne, I think it's not only his greatest call, it's one of the greatest calls in sports. Here it is. Off the floor, yeah, on the board, Paul Correa. Nailed it. You can't make a better call than that. No, Not possible. And, and in that spot, too, we're talking about game six of the of the 2003 uh, Stanley Cup final. And obviously, nowadays, a guy takes a hit like that. There's no way in the world he's coming back into the game. But for him to not only be able to come back into the game physically, be clear enough to, to skate and, and play, but to be in that spot and get that goal and to go ahead and end up forcing that game seven. That was a credible series. That, that call, that play, the play, the hit that led up to it, all just just makes it monumental, uh, you know, legendary moments and things that you just just don't have in this game anymore. As great as the game is now, don't get me wrong. I, I do love, you know, obviously we've seen some of the most talent and skill that we've ever seen uh, in the National Hockey League, but but there was some specialty in those days. And, and like I said, calls like that, hits like that, plays like that, uh, what made this game so great. Yeah, absolutely. That's just, uh, I've, you know, I've seen that highlight and I've seen, heard that call, like, 200 times i'm not i'm bsing oh, yeah. i probably have heard it like 200 times that's how much i enjoy it and uh like off the floor on the board is an off the ice crumpled in a heap after the hit and then scoring later in the same game off the floor on the board it's got a beautiful ring to it as well it just rolls off the tongue off the floor on the board paul like that's it's all spontaneous he's talked about that call he didn't think he didn't know no first of all how's Gary Thorne, Bill Clement, or John Davidson, who's also in the booth that night, how are they going to know Paul Correa is coming back into that hockey game when that hit happened? Nobody thought that. He got absolutely was seeing stars when he got crushed in open ice by Scott Stevens in that hockey game. How is how is he going to know ahead of time that Korea is coming back, let alone score a goal? Not only come back into the game, but score a goal. There is no way he had pre-planned that call. That was all spontaneous, spur of the moment, right off the top of his head. He came up with that one when the goal went in. Just incredible. So shout out and salute to the great Gary Thorne. And uh, look, if it, if this is all he's going to be doing in the le- later years of his life, uh, high school hockey, um, good on him. I, I'm glad that he's still calling hockey in some capacity, no question. 
uh, about that. All right, let's get into the Tuesday card. We've got the New Jersey Devils taking on the Washington Capitals. New Jersey minus 170, road favorites, uh, six and a half the total uh, here in this game. Uh, you look at this matchup, obviously the Devils, they've got a nice little you know, run going, a little bit of confidence, a little pep in their step that they have put together uh, during this uh, three game wins in four games. Uh, you know, they beat Seattle, they beat Nashville, they have the loss to L.A. where they didn't really play that great, but they bounced back in the stadium series uh, on Saturday night with a 6-3 win over the Philadelphia Flyers. They'll look to keep that rolling here against a Washington team that has been, as we've talked about, struggling quite a bit, 2-8 and eight, uh, in their last 10 games. But they are coming off a win uh, on Saturday against Montreal, 4-3 win over the uh, Canadians. Going to be a lot more tough tonight here against this uh, New Jersey Devils team. Now, I do want to mention that this has been a weirdly enough road-dominated series history, especially this season. You think about the fact that in New Jersey, the Capitals actually beat the Devils twice, 6-4 and 4-2. The previous meeting in Washington, which was early in January, it was a 6-3 New Jersey victory. So this has definitely been a road type of series history. Uh, between these two teams where the road team has really controlled things. Nico Dawes has really uh, been good lately. He's almost, you know, to the point now where he's kind of taken over the net. It hasn't been confirmed that he's in net, but I would be surprised if it's not uh, Nico Dawes, especially because Vanacek, I believe, still out and, and unavailable for this Devils team. Yeah, lower body injury. So uh, it's going to be Nico Dawes again. He's played well. Uh, Charlie Lindgren will get the start for Washington. He has not played well uh, as of late for them, and we have talked about that quite a bit. Uh, against the Avalanche, the last time he started, he gave up four goals. He has given up at least three goals for this uh, Washington team uh, in five straight starts. So kind of trending in a wrong direction, right? Actually, five of the last six. He did shut out Boston, but as we've talked about a lot, that Boston game put, that, put an asterisk next to that Charlie Lindgren shutout, a broomstick could have shut out the Boston Bruins that day because Boston didn't even show up for that game uh, against the Capitals. So um, I don't trust him here. I don't trust the Washington defense. They've been struggling of late. The penalty kill has been bad too. They've given up a power play goal uh, in seven of their last uh, eight games. That's not necessarily something you want to see. I do like New Jersey. What I'm going to do is I'm going to sp uh, split it up here with New Jersey regulation and team total for the uh, New Jersey Devils here, which you can get at plus uh, over three and a half at like even money plus 100, you know, which I do think is a really good look here as far as asking New Jersey to get four right now against this Capitals team that again has been really struggling to keep the puck out of the net. Uh, they had given up six to Colorado. Saw them give up four to Florida and a loss five to the Montreal Canadiens. The first time they played them five to Matt's Dallas stars, six to Colorado, five to Minnesota. You, you catch my point. They have not been able to keep the puck out of the net. So I'm going to do a split here. Devs reg, Devs team total over three and a half plus 100. Uh, what do you like here, Alex? Devils, Capitals. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Uh, somebody's talking about, yeah, the series has not gone to a draw yet. And this, these two teams normally usually kind of play a little tighter. But we've seen, you know, increase in scoring. And I, I'm not actually looking at the draw here. I like this first period over a lot more. And I like a little bit of the full game over. So, I'm, of course, it's a bet cast night. I'm going to go half and half on, on the plays now and add a little bit more in-game. So first period over one and a half, it's minus $1.40. Uh, we're looking for anything $1.10 or plus money in-game. Uh, six and a half right now at minus $1.10. You can grab that with a full game over and we'll try and grab plus $1.10 or more uh, in-game on that. Just sticking with those two totals and, and try to grab some more things in-game later tonight. 
Yeah, there's a weird little same game parlay that I'm doing with uh, another of the games on the slate tonight, and I'll mention it later. But I would actually consider something similar in this game. I haven't bet that, but uh, in this game, it's a team total same game parlay that I'm uh, doing with the uh, a game later on in this card. You can maybe even look in that direction here because I can see this being one of those games where you can take New Jersey team total over three and a half. You can also take Washington team total under three and a half. Put it in a same game parlay at page plus one fifty. That's not bad. Dawes is playing well. Dawes is like keeping teams to three or less right now, and that's what would catch. So I'm that that makes sense to me. That's not bad. They're looking at maybe uh, Devils over three and a half, Capitals under three and a half. Same game parlay uh, in that game. Uh, I like that one quite a bit. Actually, that makes a uh, makes sense to me. You could even be a little safer. Go with under three and a half Capitals over two and a half Devils plus 100 still a pretty good price so those are nice little same game parlay team totals that uh might dabble in those a little bit uh, as well now you can again over three and a half devils with capitals under three and a half is plus 150 devils over two and a half with capitals under three and a half is plus 100 still a pretty good price there uh, what do you think there in this one matt new jersey and washington yeah, so I put in the chat, I've only got one bet pregame, and then both of you guys had me add an extra bet on um, that I'm going to take pregame. So I loved from the get-go New Jersey over three and a half team total. Um, I think it's almost too obvious that that's what worries me. Like, I feel like they should have no problem putting four in on, on the Capitals right now. Um, but I also do like New Jersey in regulation. Um, obviously, I don't want to lay the minus 170 on New Jersey, but uh, – if you take them in regulation, I don't see this being a, you know, a real close battle. Um, you know, it could be one of those five, two type games, something like that. Um, and then I do like the first period over that Alex mentioned. I, uh, you know, I, I feel like a lot of first period overs hit yesterday. I don't know if it was the holiday or what was going on, but it, I, I think almost every game hit in the first period. Um, there were a lot of two, one, three, one games even, um, and so I, you know, with it being a betcast night, I'm probably going to take a little on New Jersey, Washington first period over. And then if we can get better odds live, I may double down on it. Um, I know I have a couple other games. I'm thinking about doing that as well. Uh, but yeah, as far as the game, I, I lean way in New Jersey, but uh, not at minus 170. So I think New Jersey over three and a half. I've seen it as bad as minus 110 but like you mentioned it's plus 100 on some sites so um especially if you get that plus money i feel like that's a, a really great bet yeah uh, i would agree with that uh and uh, like i say this is a for player props in this game tonight you know like we've talked about how ovechkin started to percolate a little bit but mostly for new jersey i'm looking at he look it's got to start right now with nico Heeshear and tyler to for the new jersey devils both of these guys are on fire right now i'm not saying this doesn't mean jack hughes can't contribute doesn't mean i don't think you know some of the depth forwards can't contribute for the devils but right now uh the red hot commodities pulling this offense are the captain nico Heeshear and tyler Tofoli. they've both been on fire here since the all-star break especially the last few games so either props with both of those guys make a lot of sense here uh for me in this game tonight as well maybe with a little uh uh uh, uh Honorable mention Dawson Mercer as well, who I think is someone that you might want to consider here for the uh, uh, Devils here as far as player props are concerned. All right, we move on to Ottawa and Florida. This is back-to-back in the state of Florida here for the Ottawa Senators after a nice win for them last night against Tampa Bay. Uh, Florida minus 270 
uh, home favorites, six and a half being the uh, total in this game. As far as this one goes, uh, Florida, you know what I'm doing with Florida, and that is not betting against them. Uh, <laughs> doesn't mean I'm on them every game, but I am not going against the Florida Panthers at this point in time. Five straight wins, nine and one in their last 10 games. They just continue to put the pedal to the metal. Uh, a nine to two thrashing over the Tampa Bay Lightning. This is an interesting game because for Florida, it's a bit of a sandwich spot for as well as they're playing right now. Um, you know, the big win against Tampa, blowing them out, and then they play Carolina in an East final rematch Thursday night, and they got this game nestled right in between. Is this a game where they play down? The problem is they haven't played down very much at all, you know, in recent games. They just have not. So uh, I'm not sure, yeah, Ottawa in a potential letdown spot is enough for me to get me to Ottawa. In fact, it's not. It's a back-to-back -back still. It's likely going to be Jonas Corpusalo in net after we saw uh, Anton Forsberg collect the win last night, who played pretty well, actually. I think Forsberg was pretty solid last night in that game uh, against the uh, Lightning from what I saw. It's not been nearly as good lately for uh, Corpusalo. He's given up eight goals in his last two starts, three plus and three straight starts, uh, 3.41 goals against, 887 save percentage on the year, 13 and 18 record. Um, so that's trouble here against a Florida team that's playing well. This is the game I talked about a moment ago where I like the same game parlay team total approach here uh, in this game with the uh, Senators over or sorry, the Panthers over three and a half, but the Senators under three and a half, because the one thing we're seeing from Florida right now is they're not giving up anything. Their defense is on point. They are clinical. They are surgical right now. It's shutting teams down. They are on like this Edmonton type of streak where they have given up two goals or less now to the opponent in 10 straight games, the Florida Panthers. So they have been on point defensively. Sergei Bobrovsky has been absolutely terrific during this stretch as well. So I think the fact that you can get uh, a Florida team total over three and a half parlayed together with a Senators team total under three and a half, and, and you can get the price on that is, uh, let me take a look here, uh, plus 105. You know, I like that. I think that's a, that's a good look tonight. Uh, Ottawa over the three and a half with uh, or Florida. So I'm screwing this up. Florida over three and a half with Ottawa under three and a half here uh, in this game at plus 105. That's a really nice price. And if you bet that the, uh, the over three and a half on Florida, the under three and a half on Ottawa for one gets you paid for two gets you paid hell for three. You know, which might happen because Ottawa did have a nice offensive night last night against Tampa. 4-3 would get you paid as well because you've got obviously under three and a half, not two and a half here with Ottawa. So that's basically kind of the approach I like. I would lean to the over for the full game. There is a concern for me with this spot, with this inferior opponent in between Tampa and Carolina divisional games. Maybe Florida's a little lax defensively, so maybe sprinkle on over six and a half as well with the Senators and the Panthers tonight. Um, so I probably will have a bet on that as well. But the primary bet here for me is that SGP with Florida over three and a half parlayed with Ottawa under three and a half. And you can get that at plus one Oh five. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Senators Panthers. Yeah, I'm gonna keep this one light and brief. This will be more of something I'll look for in game. I, I kind of like both teams to score first period at plus one fifty two. It is a little bit of a sandwich spot for Florida. So maybe they come out a bit flat early and then they kind of wake up and, uh, you know, throw the counter punch back at Ottawa, but I can see Ottawa riding some momentum from this last game and kind of playing well early. So both teams to score plus 152 uh, in the first period, and then maybe we'll look for something 
full full game or first period uh, over maybe a couple of minutes in, in the play. We see uh, the pace kind of maybe start a little bit slower than we expect. We can make some adjustments. No doubt. Uh, both teams to score first period, I could see that. Um, Ottawa's on another one of these second period overheaters like Dallas, too. If you go by the great Chris Otto totals charts, uh, my goodness, the uh, second period overs with Ottawa have been on fire lately. Uh, and we know Dallas now after yesterday, what is that now? 12-0 and 0 for them with the uh, second period over. 13-0 now. 13 and 0 now exactly 13 and 0 with the stars second period over so second this is another game where second period over is worth a look even if you get the two goals in the first period you still could look in the second period over just because it's been so strong lately for uh, ottawa and obviously it goes without saying dallas 13 straight have gone over in the second period for them now again this is over one and a half in the period and we know that a lot of times you're going to see two and a half or a heavily juiced one and a half going into the period on these totals. So your options are you could either lay the big price with the one and a half, or you could find a book like I have at three, six, five, where it's over one and a half and two split, you know, it splits it between over one and a half and over two. And I had that for both the Leafs and the blues and the stars and the Bruins yesterday uh, in the second period. Uh, and that helps you cut the juice down, or you could bet the over two and a half, take a shot. You get three goals at plus money, or you can just wait five minutes into the period. Hope you don't get goals first few minutes and then get the one and a half at a better price. So keep in mind, this is for over one and a half going into the period. It's very heavily juiced, but there's options. You can lay the big number on the one and a half. You can go over one and a half, over two split like I normally do, or get over two and a half at a plus price pre-period or wait. Just take a chance. There's no goals early in the period, and then get a better price on one and a half. Yeah, no, that's that's a great point, and and I, I kind of you know I think we, we've talked about this, and we never really got it done, but we have at least I will. I'll probably post this a primer for how I use Chris Otto's charts because I don't always necessarily just go back pregame, second period overs, third period overs. Like I said, you're usually seeing higher prices, and you don't always get those one and a halves. I use that that information as more of a reference to make live wages. If I see a streak like that, then I know that it's counter on. Okay, we get higher scoring on this from this team in the second period or the third period, and then you react and use. Like I said, you can bet different things. Like both teams to score second periods is something that I like to do a lot, especially when you see a scoreless first period, as well, a period with a lot of pace, but only one team gets a goal uh, early or late in that first period. So I just kind of use it more as frame of reference to set up something in the second period, not necessarily just playing straight on with that second period over at a one and a half lane, that big of a price. If, if you can do that. Uh, there's like many ways to utilize information, but I like to kind of use that to, as a stepping stone. So we'll talk about a couple of games where I'll be circling things related to the second period. And it's because of those trends that are provided by Chris Otto. We're very thankful for Chris uh, providing that information. Yeah, it is. It's unbelievable, that chart. Not only does he give you, like, the team totals, but it, or the totals by period, but you're also getting the streaks. You know, he'll list the streaks. Who's on the yes, first period great. over streaks, the second period over streaks, the third period over streaks. There's even a couple that are on a first, uh, second period under streak right now that I see it currently. Uh, but right now, yes, Ottawa is now 13-2, and two, second period over their last 15. And as we mentioned now, Dallas 13 straight second period over, which is why great. That's another option. Rocco Rogers, parlay the two. There you go. Pre-game. And there are books that will post set first period, second period, third period totals before the game. And Rocco, is, uh, that's another option. Parlay the two. You know, over one and a half second period, Ottawa, Florida, over one and a half second period, New York Rangers, Dallas, and get it at plus money. That's excellent. Yep. Great approach, no question. Uh, Matt, what do you think here? Uh, Ottawa, Florida. 
Oh, you're muted. Matt, you muted. Yeah, sorry. Um, I'm always interested in the Chuck brothers going head-to-head. Um, I think it'll be a fun game to watch. I Again, I'm not betting against Florida right now, even though Ottawa you know, played well yesterday. Um, I Really, the only thing pregame is I'm going to take – the first period over at two, um, it's plus 110 on Bavada. Um, and then also look for a live over one and a half once the game hits, maybe get some good odds. Um, but yeah, that's really, I think there's going to be goals early. I, I, I don't hate the over at six and a half. I'm just kind of hoping uh, we get a couple minutes go by without a goal. And then maybe that drops to six. And then I really like that over. Um, so this is one majority of my bets will be uh, live on the on the show tonight. Um, the one prop I do like and on the site that I use, it's it's hit in nine of the last ten is a, a Matthew to Chuck anytime assist um, or over half a assist. It's like minus one twenty, minus one forty, depending on the book. And I mean it's it's hit in nine nine of the last ten. He's playing his brother. You know why would why not have that continue? So. That'll probably be a prop I throw in before the game, um, but yeah, really everything else I'll be looking for live. So wait, Matt, you you like you say you like over two in the in the first period. You like that because of, of price and not just just not trying to get laid one sixty with the over one and a half, or you like you like a lot of goals both ways in this. In the early. Um, so I kind of because you mentioned both teams to score, which I do like. Um, but yeah, I kind of go back. And that's and a guaranteed push like, if you're on over two if both teams score. Right, right, period. right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so, so you, you're yeah, being, you know, so, so for at, at at the point of limiting risk, and you can hit two two zero on one side. You're just trying trying to kind of play yeah. a little more safer with the number. Okay, that's what I was wondering. Yeah, and and I I would still take it at minus one and a half at the at the minus one sixty one sixty five. Yeah. But at that point, you uh, wait just, live. And you know, the value's gonna be less there. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good. That's a good strategy because I've done that before too. If I'm getting, because sometimes you'll see uh, over over under one and a half, one sixty five, bordering on one seventy. And this was kind of more, say, three years ago, where you saw sometimes up to two hundred on one and a half. Uh, you would see twos pop up, but then they weren't plus money. They would be even money or laying a dollar five, and then that just negated the purpose. You might as well at that point now start betting two and a half and grabbing plus value. But now when you see one and a half from anywhere between minus one fifty to one seventy. And you get a two that starts at plus 105 or higher. I can even see uh, uh, Ontario book at plus 120. Then it makes sense to grab two at that number to have that as cushion and then work backward rather than putting a small amount laying 160. You know what I'm saying? On the one and a half. You're looking for the one and a half regardless. You can now give yourself option to lay as much as 150 on one and a half and and possibly get profit on both. So just kind of just – talking yeah. strategy out with everybody because it's something to look for, especially when we talk about live betting on, on a podcast. Mate, so. no. Yeah. And it's with, with it at plus plus one ten, plus one twenty. you mentioned, it's nice too. If there is that goal in 30 seconds, like 30 yep. seconds into you're the already, game, you're already you've in. kind of got a good spot and you're feeling good about, you know, potentially more than two goals mm-hmm. happening. So, yep. um, so yeah, it kind of gives you that back burner. If there's not a goal in the first couple of minutes, then you can get one and a half at, good, at right. a good price. Yeah, if there is a goal in the first 30 seconds like there was yesterday. Yeah, so cool. Great, great discussion. And Rocco saying it. Yeah, the parlay is like this for the last two seasons. More books are opening up these markets with the period 
totals betting pregame, that is. Used to only be able to do this, bet Rivers and MGM, but yep. DraftKings now. And that's the thing that's changed since I got into this business, Alex, too, is that back when I first started with the NHL, I mean, I put my whole position on a single game, on a full game money line and a full game total, and that's it. That would be yep. it. But now what I'm doing is I'm deviate, divvying things up, splitting things up in the same game with all these different types of bets. And instead of half a unit on just the full game money line or the full game uh, total, we're going to go 0.1 unit on this, 0.1 unit on this, 0.1 unit on this. And yeah, 0.5 units altogether, but 0.1 units each on all these different type of ways to approach things. Like for me in this game, little on those SGPs I was talking about with the team totals, little on maybe the both teams to score in the first period. Uh, in this game, maybe wait for a better live number. Look what I did with Edmonton, Arizona yesterday, where we split it up a little first period, both teams to score a little first period over a little full game over six and a half. The Vegas game, little first period team total, full game team total puck line first period, rather than just one bet on Vegas puck line or and full game total or anything, anything like that, split it up. Multiple positions, but smaller units per, per wager on the same game. That's what I've been doing more than I've ever done it before this season in the NHL, and it's great. Yeah. It, it really is. And I talked about it when you know we started the whole first period over boom. It started right here on this program, you know, and back in that that uh, postseason yeah. of 2017. And what led to the counts from even looking at that prop was college football that was the run of alabama in the first half basically cashing every week and when you started breaking things down in sections and we did that in football forever we've done that in baseball with first five innings we just never really thought of doing that in hockey and once these numbers they've been around forever they've been posting these numbers for 30 40 years nobody's ever thought about betting on it i've literally had bookmakers and veteran gamblers say i've always seen that and never thought about looking at it until until the, the explosion happened and now everybody's starting to you know look at these derivatives and of course daily fantasy has a lot to do with that too you know structuring the way how we literally change and watch how uh, how we watch a game and so that's how we've been able to kind of just build upon some of these ideas and find some of these more uh you know profitable and creative wages yeah i agree i think that definitely something to keep in mind for sure is just the way it's changed it's not just like 10 years ago you want to bet an nhl game and you have a position yeah full game money line full game total there are your options right there and now there's just so many different ways to approach it and that's why i like the multiple bets in the same game approach but smaller units per bet and there's been so many great situations and you know positive expectation results i've had doing that uh speaking of positive expectation results Dallas deserved more of a positive expectation result yesterday uh, against the Boston Bruins because given the situation and the shorthanded nature of that team to play that well and not get the two points, that's unfortunate. They were better than Boston. They all played Boston and unfortunately losing a shootout. They're back in action, back to back on this road trip in the Big Apple against the New York Rangers. Uh, the Rangers minus 140 home favorites. Uh, the total is not five and a half. I'd be all over the over if it was that. So that's a misprint. It's a six and a half, the uh, total here uh, in this game. I still favor goals here. It's just this is another one of those games where I'm probably, again, going with a little bit of everything here. Maybe a little first period over, both teams to score first period, full game over, a little bit on all three, and leaving room in my portfolio in my account for Maybe something even a little bigger on a second period over, given the fact that Dallas has cashed the second period over now in 13 straight games. 
uh, entering tonight, which again, this is something that we'll be able to see play out in live real time tonight on our Patreon exclusive live betcast. Okay. When this game gets to that first intermission tonight, Alex, everyone will be able to see this that joins us tonight. We're going to be all over looking at what can we get now for this second period total right now uh, and uh, be looking at various options with that. So uh, keep an eye on that with the BetCast tonight. Not to mention, you know, the recipe is there for goals tonight. Dallas has really transformed. They're a team that is as good offensively as they've been in years, but they've taken a step back with their defensive game this year. There's no question about that. Uh, and uh, so it's been the perfect recipe for Dallas this year to be kind of more of an over team and not just a little bit. You know that Dallas enters tonight 36 and 20 to the over uh, on the season. 56 games, 36 of them have gone over the total uh, for the Dallas Stars this season. So they have been an over magnet. Uh, the Rangers, they've trended over lately because their scoring's picked up during this terrific uh, seven game win streak. Uh, six of the wins post All Star break, the sixth spot in the thrilling comeback against the Islanders in the stadium series, seven against Montreal, the four against Chicago. I mean, they're consistently getting you three plus. And now they face Scott Wedgwood in net, of course, because Ottinger started yesterday. So you would think there's a decent chance for the Rangers to uh, uh, contribute offensively. I think from a side perspective, this game's tricky because you got the Rangers coming off the huge comeback. I mean, I'm not laying it with the Rangers here off that huge comeback. I worry about this a little bit for them. That was just such an epic game, epic comeback. They're going nuts in the dressing room, Laviolette included. And now you're going to trust them laying minus 140 here after a game like that. It's not the easiest spot to trust them. But again, you got Dallas on the back-to-back with Wedgwood in net. Do you really want to trust them? There is good news, though, for Dallas from a, a personnel standpoint. Uh, Miro Haskinen's back from his personal matter, and he's back in the lineup tonight for Dallas. That's significant. Uh, Duchesne was a late scratch yesterday. He's a game-time decision with the lower body injury. So, again, that's going to be a, a game-time call for him. Hockenpah still out, but it looks like Haskinen back. Duchesne, game-time decision. If he doesn't go, we might see the NHL debut of Logan Stankoven tonight for the uh, Dallas Stars. And this is a good 20-year-old kid. I remember watching him play for Canada in the World Juniors. Really good at that tournament he was. He's got offensive upside. Uh, He's the AHL's leading scorer. 57 points in 46 AHL games this year for Logan Stankoven. He's probably going to make his debut tonight if Duchesne's a no-go. So keep an eye on that. Maybe Stankoven props right away. We jump on it if uh, he's in and Duchesne is out here uh, in this game. So Like I said, I'm going to see how this game starts. I honestly lean more to Dallas plus 120 than the New York Rangers minus 140 in this game, but I don't love either side. More so over one and a half. Both teams to score first period over six and a half. And more than anything, we'll uh, just keep those lighter and we'll pounce on second period over when the time arrives uh, during our bet cast tonight. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Stars, Rangers. So, yeah, we're obviously, like I said, talking about that uh, second period puck line. Now, if you shop around, you can find certain things to make certain second period bets already. FanDuel, I got plus 118 on second period, both teams to score. So I'm going to grab that along with first period over one and a half minus 122 and first period over both teams to score at plus 176. I already grabbed the six yesterday minus $1.20 at MGM on the open. Uh, this is that t- time of year where you used to have to start looking at some overnights and grabbing certain things you see sixes where it should be a six and a half, you see five and a half where it should be sixes, you have to just automatically go and play at least something 
on them before those things move. So that was my uh, overplay yesterday. Uh, I grabbed, grabbed that, I think, shortly after we went off the air on yesterday's program. So I'm on over six minus $1.20. I have first period over minus 122. First period, both teams to score plus 176. And second period, both teams to score plus 118. All four of those plays and lines available at FanDuel. And the second period, both teams to score correlates with that 13-0 and 0, uh, over streak in the second period for the Dallas Stars. You want to watch a nice guy's family and community all congregate together on the same bet tonight during the BetCast? Tune in for the second period of Dallas and New York because I'm sure the whole community is going to be on second period over uh, in that game, riding that in some form, riding that 13-0 and 0 streak for Dallas to the second period over. Uh, what do you think here, Matt, your stars against the New York Rangers? Yeah, I'm excited for this one. I think, uh, as you alluded to, I think Dallas deserved the two points last night. Um, I think they probably know that after the game. I mean, they know they had the chances to close it out and didn't. Um, and with New York coming off the outdoor game, I I, I kind of like Dallas here at plus 120. Um, I'm obviously going to put a little bit on that pregame, um, you know, in case they score a couple early and it swings. Um, but overall, I'm on... Uh, the game over at six, um, I got in on it last night before it jumped to six and a half. Um, I know some books will let you buy down to six at like minus 130. Um, that's a great look. I mean, I still like it at six and a half. I just feel a little safer with the six in case it's a 4-2 game. Um, and then I am on the first period over. I am going to be on the second period over. I'm going to do that parlay with Ottawa, Florida as well. Um that uh, was put in the chat. I like that as well. Um, and then something, it, you've got to lay some juice here, but I just, Shesterkin has been so inconsistent. And I mean, not to say all three of those goals in the outdoor game were his fault, but like, come on, a couple of them were pretty soft. And you can get Dallas team total over two and a half. Uh, it's like minus 150. So you do have to lay some juice on it. But I think Dallas has no problem scoring three goals tonight. Um, and then, yeah, you mentioned Duchesne and, and Stankinov's uh, situation. I think what I may end up doing. Come on, Matt. we got to get you to pronounce that properly. He's on your team for crying out loud. Stankoven. There you go. Stankoven. <laughs> Sorry. He's on your uh, team, man. I'm no not. Excuses. I'm not good at reading. <laughs> no, but uh, Stan Coven. I'll never make that mistake again. Um, there you go. I I think he, I'm seeing he's get he would jump in on that line with Sagan and Marchman. Um, so what I may do because obviously if they're inactive, it just like deletes the bet. You know, you get your money back. I might put it on anytime goal prop on both of them, and then whoever plays, I feel happy that I've got the bet in. So that's something to think about. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's obviously having a great year in the AHL. Marchman and Sagan have been playing really well. So if you throw him in that group, I mean, why not? Um, obviously, there will be a little chemistry difference. Um, but, I mean, those guys are setting up Duchesne every game. So, um, yeah. And then, obviously, I'll be changing up or uh, changing up, betting some live stuff on the game. Uh, that'll probably be one of the main screens I've got on tonight. So, um, but, yeah, I think it's going to be a good game. I, I Happy Miro's back. I don't mind Wedgwood being in. Um, I think he gives them a chance to win every time he plays. Uh, I wish Dallas was coming into this game a little healthier overall. Um, but, you know, it's that time of year you're going to have guys injured. I know Hawk and Paws got COVID. Um, Lundqvist is um, Neil's, is in concussion protocol. 
Um, so hopefully we see them back. But I think that third pairing is going to be a little tough for Dallas, but I, I don't think they'll get a ton of ice time um, now that they have Miro back. You've got two solid groups that can go. So, yeah. Well, that's another thing, too, that probably is good for goals is that the Stars were a little depleted on the blue line without Haskin in yesterday. And even though he's back tonight, the minutes are going to pile up for Harley and the old man, Ryan Suter and Essa Lindell, Hanley, uh, and, of course, Derek Pouliot, who joined into who joined the blue line yesterday in the absence of Haskin. And so uh, that could be, you know, that's a lot of minutes in two straight games in a row in as many days. So uh, keep an eye on that. Uh, for this uh, game tonight with the Stars and the Rangers. Uh, by the way, as far as the uh, props, I didn't mention as many as I wanted to in the last game, Ottawa, Florida. But yeah, the Kachucks, Giroux is on fire right now for Ottawa. Can look in that direction. Bennett and Verhage I like for Florida. And here's one. I'll throw a save prop at you. Florida in the last four home games, three of them, they've had 40 or more shots on goal. They are a shooting the puck machine on home ice, the Florida Panthers. So Corpus Salo over saves. In this game, we assume Corpusalo will be the goaltender for Ottawa. Corpusalo over saves is probably a good look tonight in that game. As far as this one goes, um, you know, I'd be interested in Cooley again, even though he didn't score the other night for this uh, Rangers team. Is uh, VC going to stay on the top line? We assume so. There's probably value with him again, uh, as long as that remains the same. Uh, Matt Rempe was it was great to see you know him fight in his first game, so he's back in the lineup on the fourth line uh, for Dallas. It looks like as of right now, um, they've got Stankoven on the second line with Sagan and Marchment. That's if Duchesne's a no-go. Uh, so I still think that's not a bad option. I'd still go to Wyatt Johnston, even though he's down to the third line now. Uh, I think definitely he is um, going to be someone that can make an impact here tonight once again. And how many times have I been on WJ props this year for Dallas? Tons. Uh, all right, next up, Islanders and Penguins. We've got Pittsburgh, minus 130, home favorites, five and a half the total here in this game. Um, Islanders off just a gut-wrenching loss to the Rangers. How they lost that one's uh, unbelievable because they were the better team. They outplayed the Rangers for much of that game, and all that matters, though, is the two points. And they got into penalty trouble late in the third period. The Rangers' power play made them pay for it, and sure enough, it's a 6-5 to five overtime loss for the New York Rangers in the stadium series. But here's Pittsburgh uh, taking a complete shit on Yaramir Yager and his great night, his great day, his great weekend on Sunday, blowing a one nothing lead to the LA Kings and losing 2-1 to one, uh, in regulation to the Kings, getting no points in that game. Uh, absolutely um, awful loss, too, for Pittsburgh. Both teams off crushing losses. And this kind of feels like loser is really up against it as far as making the playoffs is concerned type of game. Like the loser of this game really is in some big-time trouble. They're already in tough, both the Islanders and the Penguins, to try to get back into the wild-card mix. Whoever loses this game really is in tough. But this is one of those games where these are two teams I really don't trust. But give me the team that's at plus money and the team that probably I trust slightly more. And the coach right now, quite honestly, that I trust slightly more. And that's Patrick Waugh and the New York Islanders. So. I'm going to probably sprinkle on the Islanders here, plus 110. I mean, I just, the Pittsburgh laying a price, no thank you. Don't want it. Not even not even maybe right now laying a price with the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. So I am going to take the Islanders plus 110, but even more so, the, the chat's all over it. Uh, what I really like here is the draw. We're going back to draw Island. We're going back to the Thailanders again uh, here in this game. Uh, I could definitely see this one having overtime potential. Might be my strongest draw look on the slate. 
uh, here tonight. Uh, but definitely, I agree with it. And Islanders now have gone to overtime in, uh, in their last two games. Um, you, you look at series history. We've had some close uh, encounters between these two teams, uh, including here in Pittsburgh. Uh, they went to overtime last year, these two teams. So, yeah, Islanders and the draw uh, here for me in this one. Uh, Matt, what do you think here, Islanders, Penguins? Yeah, I think that's a good a good placement. I, I don't love really anything pregame, um, but – I, I'm all about going back to Thailander Nation, um, so I'll jump on the draw with that uh, with you. Um, I probably, I mean, I go back and forth, but I probably will take the over. Um, it is a system play for me. Generally, um, there is another five and a half on the card that I like a lot more than this one, um, but I, I think I'll probably jump on that, or I may just since it is BetCast night, I may just hold off and try and get it at five, um, even four and a half if it's a slow start the first 10 minutes. Um, so, yeah, probably throw a little sprinkle on the draw before the game just for fun. Um, but, yeah, I don't really love anything as far as props or, or sides or even totals on this one. So um, hopefully there's some good live action that we can get in on. No doubt. Uh, but uh, yeah, there are some props I like here. I think this total's tough. I could see it going over. I could see it staying under uh, here uh, with these two teams. I really don't have no opinion whatsoever on the total here uh, in this game. It looks like we should see um, Sorokin and Nadelkovich, by the way, in net uh, for Pittsburgh tonight. Nadelkovich for Pittsburgh, Sorokin for the uh, Islanders. Of course, he's kind of hit or miss right now uh, uh, with uh, Nadelkovich of late. Yeah, that's going to be something I hope there's part of me that hopes just to we so that we can illustrate that Allen on the betcast tonight that the Islanders are trailing by a goal or two late in the third period. So we can illustrate how you bet an Islanders live total in the third period when they're down in the game with like seven or six minutes left in the third. That's when you bet it, you know, right? Because that's right before the time Patrick Waugh would pull the goalie when he's down by a goal or two, because it usually doesn't wait past, you know, five minutes left in the third. So we'll show it if we can demonstrate that tonight on the BetCast. And that's going to be a goldmine for us now that he's coaching again. You know, whenever the Islanders are down by a goal or two in the third period, you could bet the heck out of that live total with six minutes to go in the third. And here we go. Let the goals fly in. And he'll pull the goalie again down by three. He's done that as well. So Patrick Waugh is going to be a great, great live third period total play to the over. Uh, moving forward with like seven or six minutes left uh, in the third period. So we might maybe get the chance to illustrate that a little bit tonight on the BetCast. As far as props go tonight in this game, there are two that stand. Well, Sidney Crosby, even though you don't get great prices, he's the only one doing a damn thing right now for Pittsburgh consistently. That being said, Rust, in the absence of Gensel, is up to the top line. So there is some value on uh, Brian Rust tonight with Crosby and Raquel. Uh, Matthew Phillips on the second line. I think there's a little value there with Malkin and O'Connor. Riley Smith has had chances. Puck hasn't gone in, so I think he might be due for one. And then for the Islanders, Barzell, you know, I think he's, you know, he's been great since the All-Star break. And Brock Nelson for the Islanders, he scorches Pittsburgh for some reason. He absolutely terrorizes the Pittsburgh Penguins. Brock Nelson since he's been with the New York Islanders and he got one of the goals against the Rangers of course uh, in the outdoor game on Sunday and you could get still Brock Nelson up to plus 210 on FanDuel not bargain bin price but for someone that's uh, a good goal scorer that's done significant damage against the Penguins in the past 
Uh, Brock Nelson at plus 210 is actually a pretty good price, all things considered. Uh, Alex is back. Alex, what do you think here, Islanders-Penguins? Yeah, this is the game, one of two games where I like the draw uh, the most. And obviously we've seen tighter games of this in previous history, not so much we've seen a couple of kind of uh, uh, blowout spots. But I think you look at these two teams, they're desperately needing points. Like This kind of almost feels like that loser leaves town kind of a, of a, of a scenario yep. with these two clubs. But uh, I think it's going to be a tough, hard-fought battle, and I definitely – don't see teams taking chances if this one's tied close late. So uh, give me the draw here. I grab plus 320 at Caesars. Yeah, I mean, the Tylanders, uh, draw island, whatever you want to call it. But these draw bets with the Islanders, man, it has been it's, – it's amazing. It's probably made up, believe it or not, like 6 to 8% of my profit in the NHL this year. Just Islander draw bets. That's how good they have been uh, throughout the course of the season. All right, Win- Minnesota Wild, Winnipeg Jets. Uh, we've got Winnipeg minus 145, home favorites, uh, six the total in this game. So I would much rather in a spot like this bet the superior team off a loss than the inferior team off a thrilling, crazy comeback win like Minnesota had. But I just don't know if I like the price enough here with a Winnipeg minus 145, especially with Brossois. And I don't want to throw shade on Brossois. Brossois is good. Brossois is capable. But, you know, I just don't know if I want it at this price here, minus 145 uh, in this game. Marc-Andre Fleury's confirmed in net here for the uh, Minnesota Wild. Uh, it's back-to-back for both teams, so there's really no scheduling uh, advantage either way uh, for both of these teams right now. So it's not a game I'm doing a whole lot with. As far as pregame is concerned, Jets have beaten the Wild three straight times uh, as well, uh, entering this matchup, including they won back-to-back versus Minnesota right at the end of last year, at the, right before we went to 2024. These two teams played a home-and-home home, December 30th, 31st. Jets won both games, 4-2 uh, and 3-2. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, Minnesota is able to dole out some payback here uh, and um, redemption for those two losses. We'll see how it goes here. It's actually a very, very... Very rare side and total pass for me uh, pregame here when it comes to the Wild and the Jets. Actually, the draw I could kind of make a case for here. Even a draw, I'm a lukewarm on it here when it comes to Minnesota-Winnipeg. Alex, what do you think here? Wild, Jets. Yeah, I, I totally understand you having a pass here with this, and this is one where I kind of want to see the pace of play. Uh, and and that, that really kind of goes the same for Vancouver as well, too. When you have a game like that, win or lose, you kind of expect, you know, the unexpected out of that next game. So this is a wait-and-see spot because we have the bet cast and it being a bigger card. There's no reason to rush and do anything with this game. So it's a pass for now, but I certainly will be looking to add looks on uh, during the bet cast. I mean, you could circle the same players for Minnesota if you're going to get bet props for them right now. That's Zuccarello, that's Kaprizov, that's uh, Eric Sinek. Uh, you know, those have been the guys carrying the load lately offensively for them. Uh, no question, Boldy. Um, and for uh, Winnipeg, look, Sean Monahan's on a, a, a short-term heater right now, so hard to shy away from him. Velarde, I like as well for props tonight for Winnipeg. Probably him and, and Nino. Nino Niederreiter, too, Cuban, because I've seen him score against Minnesota before uh, since he's been, you know, Nashville. He scored a few many times against Minnesota since he's been with Winnipeg. Same thing. So, yeah, Nino Niederreiter might be a nice little uh, down-the-board shot for a goal prop to go along with Velarde and Monahan, who I also like tonight for Winnipeg. And like I said, for the Minnesota Wild, don't overthink it. Right now, it's Boldy, Zook, Eric Sinek, and Kirill right now that are uh, loading it up for them offensively. Uh, what do you think here, Maddie? Minnesota-Winnipeg. 
Yeah, so this is the other game I was talking about. I actually got in last night at five and a half. Um, I love it at five and a half. I mean, both coming off back-to-backs, um, no hellebuck in that for Winnipeg. Um, I like that spot, but uh, as far as sides um, or team totals or, you know, first period overs, I don't really love anything out of the gate, so this will also be one that I'm focusing on live. Um, but I am on that over five and a half. If you can get that in uh, on your book, um, I definitely like that spot. Absolutely. And you know what we also like? We like that we saw over, we had up to 316 live viewers just a moment nice. ago. Uh, so really great stuff. Hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, hit the like button, especially if you're joining us for the first time. We're here seven days a week, Monday to Friday. 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. Every single NHL game is covered all season long. Sides, totals, player props from a betting perspective right here uh, on the uh, Ice Guys show. So, again, we appreciate everyone joining us here. Vancouver, Colorado. And, by the way, it's, uh, as I said, Fleury and uh, Brossois, uh, your matchup here. Uh, and all Quebecois. Uh, matchup in net tonight in that game all right vancouver and colorado we've got the uh, abs minus 145 home favorite six and a half the total arguably the game of the night uh, no question about that uh, in the nhl how do the canucks respond following what was a crazy shit show wild no pun intended a uh, game uh yesterday afternoon against the uh, minnesota wild i mean just absolute batshit crazy it was bonkers what we saw at XL Energy Center with the Canucks in the wild yesterday. 10-7 Minnesota. Vancouver's penalty issues simply have to get reeled in because they it has become an, a bigger and bigger problem uh, for them uh, of late. We'll see if they can do that here tonight. Here's the tricky part with this handicap. Normally, I'd like the Canucks off a loss. Now, this is a rare two losses in a row for them. They've still yet to lose, as Rich H. says in the chat. They've still yet to lose three in a row this season. But they are on a back-to-back, tricky travel. The one thing that's good, though, for Vancouver, they played 1 p.m. Central yesterday afternoon in Minnesota, 2 p.m. Eastern. Now they're playing a night game tonight. So this is not the same detrimental, brutally tough back-to-back that normally it would be because they go from an afternoon game to a night game rather than a night game to a night game uh, on the back-to-back. So that does help Vancouver a little bit uh, here going into this game. I mean, my goodness, if they make the defensive lapses and take the penalties that they did yesterday uh, against Colorado, Colorado could put 10 goals on the board tonight if they're going to be that undisciplined and the penalty kill is going to struggle that much. Yes, the elevation, John, does hurt. There's no doubt. And thankfully, the saving grace is they go for it's an afternoon to night turnaround. But then the thin air and the altitude. And we know Colorado has been rolling on home ice uh, lately. Uh, L.A., Washington, Arizona. I believe their uh, home win streak is something like six or seven games right now. But I'll tell you something very interesting. Vancouver has actually had some decent success here in Colorado. They've won two of the last three visits here. Uh, last year, uh, 4-3. The year before, 3-1. Now, uh, early this season, they played in Colorado back in November. Colorado got the 5-2 win uh, in that game, but Vancouver's been a thorn in Colorado's side at times here when they've taken the trip to Ball Arena. I think after that loss, you're going to see a great, strong, hard effort from Vancouver, but early especially. I'm taking them in the first period, Vancouver Canucks, to, in this game tonight. I don't know if I trust them and their legs necessarily in that elevated, high-altitude environment, those legs to keep going for 60 minutes 
against a team like Colorado. And as we know, if anyone knows this Colorado team at home, they get stronger as the game goes on at home. They have had maybe slow starts in the games at home, but the second period, they're better than they are in the first period. The third period, they're better than they are in the second period at home. And then it just becomes an issue. Uh, and they start. To, that's really when they start to seize control of hockey games, Colorado, when they're at home. It's later in the game, particularly in the third period. So I like the first period angle on Vancouver. Come out strong uh, early after that debacle in Minnesota yesterday. So I will be on a little Vancouver first period here in this one. I like first period over both teams to score the over six and a half. And I don't love the fact that the, the, the mindset for Vancouver could be we've got to tighten this thing up and under mentality because they gave up 10 yesterday. That's a little bit of a concern for me. A worry for me in this game with these overs, but I just don't know if they're going to keep Colorado off this board because Colorado has been lighting up the scoreboard, especially on home ice, four against Arizona, five against LA, six against Washington. I mean, the goals that they have popped in at Ball Arena this year, especially of late, no one's been able to slow them down. Uh, even with Demko in net uh, tonight uh, on the back-to-back, Georgiev for Colorado. I'm not sure Vancouver can for the full 60 minutes. So I'm still going to be on those three bets. Same three bets I was on with Edmonton, Arizona tomorrow, uh, and as well with the Stars and the Rangers game tonight. First period over in both teams, as well as the uh, full game over. Canucks and Avs, as well as Canucks first period money line here alex what do you think uh, obviously this game is intriguing it goes without saying vancouver colorado yeah if, if yesterday's canucks game had been a night game uh with this back-to-back this would probably be the mother of all spots on colorado money line because that would just be absolutely brutal less than 24 hours having that kind of a game and then going in altitude but it still should be a tough spot and like i said i think if the legs give out on the canucks it'll be later in the contest so this is a perfect game once again having for a, a bet cast night. I'm staying away from everything as of now. I love first period over. That's probably the thing I'll be jumping in on at minus a dollar thirty or better. So I'm waiting just one or two minutes into the contest and, and just trying to grab a little bit better of a price with that number. But I got to see the pace first. And like you said, you know, I, I talked about it at the beginning of the show, Canucks, their defense is run by Mike Yo. And what we used to see with Mike Yo head coach teams was that they have issues on defense. They clam up and all the offense goes completely out of the window, especially early in a game. So that is the big worry with, with them. We know that Colorado, the kind of team, they get one or two goals on you. They can lock down defensively too. And all of a sudden now everybody's skating around for cardio and it's a two nothing or a three nothing kind of a game. So I'm a little worried about that. Got to see what the pace of play is looking like early in the contest. So I'll be waiting live to grab the first period over and then move from there. All right. Good stuff. Uh, Matt, what do you think here? Vancouver, Colorado. Yeah, I, I like a lot of goals here. I know Vancouver's coming off a 17-goal game, so that is worrisome. Uh, but I just don't see, even if they tighten things up, I don't see them in the long haul stopping Colorado. Um, so the biggest play I like here is Colorado team total over 3.5. It's at minus 110. Um, they've, they've scored in bunches at Ball Arena, as you mentioned. So um, I like that. I like the first period over. Um it is totally fair to wait and try and get a little better odds uh, since we will be watching it live. Um, Cause I I'm seeing like minus one fifty five to one seventy um, as far as first period overs go, um, which obviously you don't want to lay that kind of juice on the off chance. It is a slow start for both teams. Um, the other thing I may dabble with uh, pregame is maybe, be, maybe avalanche uh, in regulation. Uh, as you mentioned, I think Vancouver, Vancouver does come out and push. 
Um, but it is tough playing the altitude. You had a game yesterday that obviously went to shit. Um, and then, so I, I think Colorado takes care of this one. I don't, I don't see overtime in this game. Um, but yeah, team total over for Colorado is probably my biggest pregame bet. And I may dabble on the other two as well, just a, just a little bit. You combine Colorado's home record, which I believe is close to 60%. And I can tell you, because I saw this just uh, while I was looking into this game, researching it, Vancouver on the road this year, they've played 30 games, 20 and 10 to the over in 30 road games this year, the Vancouver Canucks. That's 67%. You know, So that's, that's a pretty strong track record away from home for the uh, Vancouver Canucks. 20 and 10 to the over uh, this season in 30 road games. So you've got a strong over team at home versus a strong over team on the road. And, you know, it's combustible elements you would think for goals. Uh, I really think that first period, if I had to choose what I like the most, that both team, I just don't see how we don't see one, one in the first period with these two teams tonight, like that plus plus one fifty that's out there, you know, for both teams to score in this game, first period. I think that's definitely uh, plausible. I can see it. 1-1 one, one easily. I could see that with these two teams tonight, opening period. If you're expecting up and down pace in this contest throughout, your best bet is to bet Colorado in some way of getting the first goal, first five minutes, yep. first 10 minutes, just first goal outright, because that's what it's going to take. If Vancouver jumps out and gets a one nothing lead early, then they're going to be even more pressured to tighten things up defensively in, in spite of what happened yesterday. So I, that's the thing I worry about. And, and like Nick said in the chat, yeah, they're not capable of parking the bus like that for a full 60 minutes. That's not what I'm talking about. But if they play that style long enough over a 10, 15-minute stretch early in the game, we're talking about all the numbers being being shifted off to the point where now we're talking about, oh, we might see a 4-2, a 4-1, uh, a, a 3-1 kind of a game instead of 4-3, 5-3, 5-4. So that's the kind of thing. Those little gaps and moments early in a contest can make a, a, a big difference when you talk about the course of a full 60 minutes in, in that aspect as far as looking for prices and numbers. Yep, no doubt. Uh, and uh, like I say, that's uh, that's good advice there for looking at this. And we'll be on during the BetCast tonight again. Patreon-exclusive live BetCast, 7 p.m. Eastern time tonight. We'll be on for this game. Uh, definitely this will be a good one to live bet, you know, for sure. Uh, there's going to be some things we'll be able to take notice of while the game's going on. And I do want to point out, too, with Georgiev, this guy hasn't been shutting it down lately either. He's given up uh, 14 goals in his last four starts for the uh, Colorado Avalanche. So this has not been the best, and they're running him into the ground. It's kind of like that right now with the Avs. They're running Georgiev into the ground. There's another goalie I'm thinking of yesterday that was in action, and I'm starting to think, man, they're running this guy into the ground, too, and he's starting to falter a little bit. Who? Hellebuck. 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 A little bit. Yeah, a little bit too. Yeah. But receive someone else too. I'm damn it. I'm trying to remember who it was. But yeah, these goalies that, you know, especially Georgiev, they're not used to this workload season in, season out. And, you know, you're not playing great. You're tiring out. You're fatiguing right now. We're seeing it. Tonight is game 57 for the Avalanche. And this will be the 47th appearance, 46th start for Georgiev. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's absolutely concerning. Uh, there's no question. And uh, wearing them out. Uh, and faltering a little bit because of the heavy workload. And again, this is not a guy that up till this season's played like this this amount of workload, this number of games, 50-plus games like this. Not used to it. Uh, and as a result, you're not getting them fresh, and you're not getting them playing his best right now the later the season goes on. All right, Nashville and Vegas. We've got the Golden Knights minus 140, home favorites, six the total here in this one. Uh, it was a wonderful get-right spot for Vegas. I kept the faith. I had lost money with 
Vegas against Minnesota last week, against Carolina over the weekend. I said, I'm going back to the well with these bastards one more time and against this San Jose team. And I think this is the day they, you know, stop the skid and get back on track against a team that they're simply better than. And they did just that. Uh, we swept the board with that Vegas game yesterday against San Jose. Puck line in the first period, plus 145. Uh, first period team total over, full game team total over. Uh, all of them cashing in for me in that Vegas win. 4 nothing, shutting out the San Jose Sharks. Really solid performance by Logan Thompson, who got the start yesterday. Uh, obviously, this being back-to-back, we should see Aiden Hill. Uh, in net, Aiden Hill's got to stop the bleeding all of a sudden. He's dropped two starts in a row against the Wild and the Hurricanes, so he'll be looking to get back uh, in the win column here tonight against the Nashville Predators. Uh, UC Soros is confirmed, or not confirmed, but expected to be in net, but hasn't been confirmed just yet. Nashville bounced back from that absolute debacle. Dallas went in there and just drilled them, and Nashville responded by beating St. Louis 5-2 on Saturday over the weekend. Uh, this is a team right now that's kind of an over team right now, Nashville, because we talk about how Soros has been up and down. Talk about how this year they got a little more offense. Bringing in an Andrew Burnett means you play with a little more pace. You know, he's willing to let his team play a little bit more up and down style. Uh, and again, their defense and their goaltending really hasn't been all that strong lately. Prior to the 5-2 win against St. Louis, where they finally buckled down, you know, this Nashville team had given up uh, six or sorry, four-plus goals in six straight games. They had allowed four more in six straight before the 5-2 win uh, against St. Louis over the weekend. So I haven't bet anything yet. I think it's a tricky game. Nashville's got the rest advantage. Vegas is on the back-to-back. And Vegas laying at home all of a sudden the last couple games. I backed them. They have not rewarded me. So I'm not sure I'm rushing to lay minus 140 with them. Um, Maybe the team total. I mean, it's a very rich plus 135. If you like Vegas team total over three and a half, because Nashville's given up four straight, four or more in six straight, six of their last seven. And the six straight got upended by that St. Louis game where they only gave up two. But <coughs> that Vegas team total over three and a half to me does look like it has some value. So maybe I sprinkle on that. Other than that, not a whole lot here. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Nashville, Vegas. Yeah, I just like the draw here. It's my second uh, other draw play of the night. Uh, plus 330 at FanDuel, plus 333 at Caesars, the best price available. But uh, this sets up for another spot that I like with Nashville going to L.A. later this week. Of course, Nashville dominated against uh, the Kings team, and it's been bad just all over the place now, certainly at home. But uh, he said Vegas with Aiden Hill potentially going. Hill has struggled a little bit. Uh, so he's been susceptible to giving up some goals. So I can see some back and forth pace here. Definitely would look at uh, first period over and, and full over game over six. But I want to wait and grab those in-game. At these low numbers and prices, we should definitely be getting plus money with our one and a half. We could definitely be laying a price of 120 or better with a five and a half if we just wait about three or four minutes. Uh, and Vegas is not, in, and Nashville for that matter, they're not used to starting off fast, but eventually the goals do come in late, you know, sooner than later. So this is a game where five, six minutes in, we should be able to get the prices we want and the numbers we want on those early looks and then just adjust from there. But I definitely like the draw of that pre all right, good stuff there. All right, Matt, what about you, Nashville, Vegas? Yeah, I had a very similar thought process as far as the over and the first period over just because it's already not a bad number. Um, I think you can get it at five and a half pretty quickly into the game and then obviously plus money on the first period over. Uh, so I'm going to wait on those as well. Um, I Once you mentioned it, Alex, I do kind of like the draw here, so I may throw a little sprinkle on that. Um, we'll see if maybe we can get it live as well, but um, – 
Yeah, I and then also, Ian, you mentioned the over three and a half being plus money. Just given Nashville's recent games, I think that's good enough value that I'm probably going to throw a sprinkle on that as well. Um, it's it's showing like plus one twenty five, plus one thirty five, some books. Um, so I like, yeah, I like Vegas team total over in the draw, and then um, I really like the first period over and game over, but gonna wait and take them live on the show. Yep, and as Chris Otto mentioned, six, six and one to the first period over for the Vegas Golden Knights, and so six and one to the uh, first period over in their last seven games for Vegas. So that first period over might be the better approach if you're going to look at the total uh, here in this game. Yeah, as far as props go, uh, it's Nick Wah, it's Bart, close shave Bart, for the uh, Golden Knights. It's also probably um, Jonathan so They've been good for the Golden Knights lately. Mason Morelli with his first NHL goal yesterday in the win against San Jose for the Vegas Golden Knights. They've got him right now only on the fourth line, but if you think lightning strikes twice for him, can obviously get a very rich price on him to score a goal tonight for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights uh, in this game. You know, for Nashville, you start to look at their lineup, and uh, there's people on the chat that are thinking what I'm thinking. Uh, obviously, Forsberg, O'Reilly, Nyquist, they've kind of slowed down, but Thomas Novak's chipped in a little bit lately. That's been good to see. And I'll go with a player tonight for Nashville that hasn't scored a goal in a very long time. you got to go all the way back to December 19. That's the last time he scored. But he has definitely shown signs of having chances, opportunities, playing on the second line with Sissons and Trennan for Nashville. And you look at the last few games, this guy since January 31st, the last five games, he's had three, two, five, five, and two shots on goal. So he's had multiple shots on goal performances in five straight games for Nashville. The puck's going to go in for him at some point. And it's um, it's great. I finally bet this guy because now I can do the jingle. Cody Glass repair. Cody Glass replace. Yes, that's right. Cody Glass uh, for the uh, Nashville Predators here uh, in this game. I think he's he's going to score at some point. You keep firing the puck on net the way he has been doing for the uh, Nashville Predators. Uh, he's going to eventually break through uh, and find the back of the net. Yeah, he had two five shots on goal games back to back. Uh, against uh, New Jersey and Dallas. So, you know, at some point, uh, the puck's going to go in here for uh, Cody Glass right here. So uh, against his old team, too, he was in the Vegas organization previously, 100% Nick. So, uh, yes, uh, definitely interested in his props tonight in this game. All right, the final game on this Tuesday slate, Columbus Blue Jackets, Los Angeles Kings, uh, L.A. minus 250 home favorites, six and a half the total in this game. Um I don't hate Columbus in some form in this game. I really don't. I mean, you look at this spot here for L.A., and I know people are starting to get excited again. This got that Calgary feel to it when they came back from the road trip and they shit the bed at home. It's got this kind of feel to it for L.A. tonight, in my opinion. Yes, they are 4-1 and one now in their last five games since Jim Hiller took over behind the bench. The 4 nothing win against Edmonton, blown out by Buffalo. We thought, what the hell happened? And they did respond with three consecutive road wins to end that trip at New Jersey. Overtime win at Boston in comeback fashion. Spoiling Yaramir Yager night Sunday against Pittsburgh and winning that game 2-1. to one. But you look at this spot. It's a Malinsky special, first of all. 
And we've talked about that all year. First game home off a long road trip of four games or more. And for L.A., this was exactly a four-game road trip. But it's not just the four-game road trip and the tough spot. Look at the games they had to play in the short period of time. They had to play at Buffalo last Tuesday. They had to play at New Jersey last Thursday. They had to play at Boston Saturday, a back-to-back at Pittsburgh on Sunday. And now they're back home tonight for the first game, West East-to-west travel, east time zone to Pacific time zone, with only that one game, or the sorry, that one day in between games. Not two or three days, one day in between your final game in Pittsburgh and coming back home tonight against uh, Columbus to play at home on a Tuesday night. This is brutal, scheduling-wise, for the LA Kings. Absolutely brutal. And look, they are the better of these two teams. I get that. There's no question, but this is buyer beware for me. 100% on the LA Kings laying this kind of price, minus 250 uh, in this spot tonight, uh, in my opinion. Now, look, Columbus is Columbus. is Columbus. They're 4-6 and six their last 10 games. They've had a tough season. Uh, I know they won their last game, but it was only against San Jose 4-3. But there's opportunity here for them maybe to catch LA a little flat-footed here off that road trip. And it is worth noting, there's been some battles with the Blue Jackets and the Kings. Their last five meetings, Columbus won at home, or L.A. beat them in Columbus 4-3 in overtime. L.A. beat them 2-1 at home, barely. Columbus won a 6-5 overtime game. And then earlier this season in Columbus, it was a 4-3 win for the Kings in overtime. So Columbus has really played this team tough, you know, in a majority of the recent head-to-head meetings. I'm going to definitely be on Columbus first period here. I, I, I think they're live to jump on L.A. coming off this road trip. I'm going to sprinkle a little smaller on the full game money line on Columbus just because I'm not totally sold on them. I'll the Kings for 60 minutes in this game. But uh, I'm going to have a little Blue Jackets, a uh, small underdog shot here. First period, full game, and a little on the draw too because of the series history that has been very, very heavy toward overtime and shootout. Uh, between these uh, two teams it's yeah i know the kings are showing signs of life brilliant response to the buffalo debacle three straight road wins against pretty good teams new jersey boston pittsburgh but this is a brutal spot folks you got that four road games from tuesday to sunday and now you're back home with just 48 hours later and one day in between games when you go from the east coast to the west coast pittsburgh la travel that's brutal man you try playing like that. Even when you're the better team, this is not going to be an easy game for the LA Kings tonight. I'm willing to bet that it isn't an easy game for them. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Columbus, LA. Yeah, you mentioned how brutal the spot is returning home for the LA Kings. And we're also talking about a Kings team that is 9 9 and 6 at home. So uh, the home cooking hasn't been great for LA this season, on top of all of that. I was going to pass this game completely, but you kind of talked me into betting on this draw. Now, keep in mind, four of the last seven minutes have gone past regulation. All four of those games were in Columbus. But if you look deeper back, we've seen seven of the last 11 meetings go past regulation, and we've seen eight of those go uh, be decided by a one goal. So with that, we're getting anywhere between plus 355 to as high as plus 400 at FanDuel. This is definitely worthy of the draw season candidate. So uh, put me down for the draw here. Yeah, all right. Like in the draw here, Alex, in this one. Uh, Elvis Merzlikens and Cam Talbot, by the way, uh, is your goaltending matchup in this game. Uh, you know, for the most part now, uh, Columbus has gotten a lot healthier. Both teams have, other than Fantilli. Of course, Fantilli is still out long term. But like I said, this is a dubious scheduling uh, travel situation for L.A. And, you know, we'll see if they can overcome it. And like I said, this is all about price, too. 
If LA's laying a buck fifty or a buck forty in this game, I'm not touching Columbus. But this is minus two fifty on a team that's in a very, very vulnerable, tricky scheduling spot, in my opinion. Uh, Matt, what do you think here? Blue Jackets, Kings. Yeah, don't really love anything here, uh, at least pregame. Um, I don't hate the first period over, honestly. Um, and it's not the worst price, given that the game over is at six and a half. Um, but I'll probably be a game time decision if I decide to bet that. We'll see how the, the first periods are trending in the earlier slots uh, and may jump on it later. But at this time, nothing really for me on this game. All right, there you go. That is the Tuesday card. Uh, JT uh, uh, in our chat, uh, pretty funny. They're saying, you put it up on the screen here. Well, Ian, I'm cashing out of my parlay. I had the Kings in. Hope you're not talking me out of any. Hey, I don't win all the time, man. If you feel that strongly about the LA Kings, keep it. You know, uh, all I'm saying is I'm concerned. Uh, I'm not speaking for you or anybody else. I'm concerned uh, about this spot for the uh, LA Kings tonight uh, against the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. They so have that great of an end of the road trip. And then all of a sudden, yeah, Dubois against his old team, one of his old teams, uh, Nick, with uh, maybe, maybe, maybe we do. We get down with PLD. Yeah, you know me. Uh, maybe tonight we will with uh, that angle in play. Voronkov, Shinakov, take your pick. Any of those Russians that play for uh, Columbus. Uh, I think they're good uh, player prop options right now. They've all played very well for them uh, of, of late. And even the captain, Boone Jenner's offense is starting to come back to life too uh, of late. Uh, Roslovic is up in the top six too. I'd like that. Yeah, but Boone Jenner, four goals in the last three games. So the captain for the Columbus Blue Jackets starting to heat up right now uh, for them. So I think, yeah, Boone Jenner prop might be uh, a good option as well. Uh uh, campaign starting to heat up for LA. So you can look in that direction there on the uh, Kings side of it uh, as well. All right. Great stuff. We've got our bet cast tonight. We really can't wait over 300 live viewers, by the way, watching the show right now. Thank we you, appreciate it very much. Hit the like button. If you haven't done so uh, already and make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Cause we're here seven days a week for you live. Wouldn't it be nice if you got notified every time we're going live, that's what happens when you subscribe to the channel. So uh, make sure you do that. Uh, because we're here for you every single day uh, during the NHL season. And again, our Patreon-exclusive live BetCast tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, make sure uh, you join us. It's going to be a hell of a fun night. Lots of great games, drinking during the BetCast. Very much a bar and a pub atmosphere, for sure. Patreon-exclusive BetCast tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern time. The only place to watch the BetCast and join us on the stream during the BetCast is by becoming a Nice Guys Patreon member for just $10 per month. We have our daily sides, totals, and player props posted there. Goalie charts, totals charts, bonus videos, bonus content, and of course, every Patreon-exclusive live betcast on the Patreon site for members. So again, just $10 per month, and your subscription fee goes a long way to keeping this show going for many years to come. Patreon.com slash Ice Guys, just $10 per month, our Patreon-exclusive live betcast tonight. And make sure you check out the Ice Guys store as well, iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Yep, today is the last day for free standard shipping uh, over at the Ice Guys store. We've got everything in stock except for the FlexFit hats. Those should be coming in later this week. But all the T-shirts, all the winter hats, the sweatshirts, the mugs, the Lucky Rabbit. We saw our guy Goose uh, grab one of those Lucky Rabbits in the stores. We've got uh, those in stock as well. You can get all that today. Free standard shipping ends at midnight. That's at iceguys.myspreadshop.com. There you go. Free standard shipping. It expires tonight at midnight. So get on that uh, before the end of the day at iceguys.myspreadshop.com. All right, bargain bin special tonight and best bets coming up.
right after we hear from our great daily sponsor, Boston Hemp Inc. Right, check out the quality products at Boston Hemp Inc. And again, use the promo code ICEGUYS to get 20% off all orders at bostonhempinc.com. Uh, great comment here. A new name in the chat here, Deanna. Deanna Duncan. Somebody help me with an NHL lineup for FanDuel Fantasy. New to it. And I'm getting killed. I'll be honest. I don't play fantasy much at all. I honestly don't. Uh, season long, DFS, anything. I bet player props and your player prop handicapping goes a long way to helping you in fantasy and constructing teams and constructing lineups because you're talking about shots and goals and assists uh, and all the player prop uh, thinking that you go through does help with that. But as far as constructing a team on a nightly basis, I honestly don't do it. Uh, and it's just because the betting takes up so, so much of the time and the focus for me. Yeah, like I said, that might be the best advice I can give would be looking yeah. at things that that mostly Ian because Ian's the, the player prop expert of uh, his group but things that he highlights and look and look at and using things like left wing lock and daily face off so check uh, with those lineups looking for people who are moving up and down in the lineups and then finding those price adjustments accordingly that's that's about as good of advice as I can give you for those spots I mean, obviously checking for injuries and, and things of that nature but uh yeah it's not not really something my expertise Matt do you do any uh daily fantasy stuff in, in hockey by chance No, to be honest, I really haven't. I I remember in college, one of the like FanDuel type um, platforms was big, like for a hockey team. But we were doing like uh, it was like multi sports, and it would just be like two or three player props that you'd kind of build. Um, we did that a little bit, but I think it was called like Streak for Cash or something, where if you got like twenty in a row, you got money. Or but. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I enjoy fantasy hockey because unlike fantasy football, I follow like the whole league much deeper than um, fantasy football. But um, it is like very time consuming. And I think you got to kind of pick like, am I going to sports bet? Am I going to do fantasy? Am I going to have a life? <laughs> you know, things like that, because you've got to say your lineup every day. Right. And so, you know, it gets daunting. Yeah, it's just it's just there's not enough hours in the day. If you gave me a 48 hour day instead of a 24 hour day, I'd be getting involved with DFS stuff, too. But there's just not enough hours in the day. And like I say, the the, the betting focus, just your sides, totals, player props uh, and all that definitely, uh, you know, take up the majority of my time with that. So uh, keep that in mind. Uh, but like I say, if you listen to this show and you hear, oh, I like this guy to score a goal or this one to get an assist or point props, or uh, those are definitely things you can consider in your DFS team construction because it's all based on that. To win at DFS, you need players to get hits, players to get goals. 
assists, points, shots on goal, etc. Saves if you're if you have a goalie on your DFS lineup. So all that kind of, like I like Corpusalo a lot over saves tonight for Ottawa because Florida just shoots the puck like crazy at home. So there you go. If you can put Jonas Corpusalo in your DFS lineup tonight, maybe uh, for the uh, Ottawa Senators. Now he also has to play well uh, and shut the door. And he's been <laughs> hot and cold this year, but. Yeah, that's definitely the kind of approach you can uh, have as far as DFS is concerned. All right, our approach this season as far as bargain bin special of the night has been very good, uh, and we've got a huge slate to choose from tonight for bargain bin special of the night. Alex, where are you going in the bargain bin tonight? Well, I'm wearing the Dallas Stars jersey for a reason. I'm going with a Stars player, and we're going with a brand-new proud papa who did not make the the contest yesterday, but will be back in the lineup, Miro Heiskanen. Got him plus 500 at DraftKings, plus 490 at Caesars. I uh, like him to get a goal. And I, I like goals here from defensemen both ways. I think we're going to be seeing some, you know, screens, shots, deep deflections. So that's my shot. I'm going with Miro Heiskin, bargain been special tonight, plus 500 at, at DraftKings. All right, there you go. Miro Haskin and Dallas Stars, plus 500 uh, for bargain been special tonight. The old new father, new daddy bump. Uh, potentially here for uh, Miko, Miro Haskin and tonight for the uh, Dallas Stars. Uh, Matt, what do you got for bargain bin? Yeah, so the chat caught it, but I uh, I literally have that written down as my bargain bin uh, <laughs> for the exact for the exact same reason. New dad, um, but I have I have I'm gonna do um, a little Nick's interesting challenging you right tonight. now, Matt. I dare you to pick something not from the Stars game. <laughs> I could probably dig and do that if you want me to, but I, I have a backup plan. Oh, no. um, I mean, it's, so I mean, what it's I, fine. What we I'm have do... we have had matching bargain bins and best bets before through the year, yeah. so you, you're oh, not yeah, obligated good. to do that. Yeah. Roll with whatever you feel is but, your best bargain bin thing. So. Yeah, yeah. So I obviously love the mirror bet, but what I'm going to do, and they're both plus 300, and I mentioned it earlier in the show, but I'm going to take Logan, Stan Coven, and Matt Duchesne, both anytime goal scorers, you know only one of them is going to play, so your bet's going to void uh, on the other end. But if Duchesne's back in the lineup, i love for him to score tonight. If Stan Coven is in the lineup, why not get a goal on your first NHL game? So he's obviously having a hot start in the AHL. So I'll take both of those bets. They're both my bargain bin because only one of those will actually be a valid bet. There you go. All right, Dave in the uh, chat. Yeah, uh, Thomas Harley shots are indoor point. Uh, value, you guys said Miro, but value on Harley's from yeah New York Local, region, and yeah. of course that's where they're playing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Look I kind of like that, that idea, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. You're using your noodle on that one. That's pretty good, actually. Yeah, Thomas Harley, uh, worth a look. Uh, all right, as far as for me, uh, with the uh, bargain bin special of the night for this uh, slate, I mean, pretty good options everywhere uh, tonight. Lots of different ones to uh, choose from uh, here on this slate, but uh, I think when it's all said and done. Uh, I'm going to actually go off the uh, grid a little bit here. And um, I really think that um, the price is good. Chances galore, second line role for this team. We're going to the Nashville Predators and we're going to Cody Glass. Cody Glass repair, Cody Glass replace, plus 450 uh, Cody Glass for the Nashville Predators, plus 450 at FanDuel. Like I said, the goal has, the goal has not happened yet for him. But everything points to him eventually breaking through. When you have multiple five shots on goal performances, one of those goal, one of those pucks is going to go in the net. You know, at some point, shooting the puck quite a bit. So, uh, Cody Glass plus four fifty 
uh, at FanDuel uh, for my bargain bin uh, special of the night. All right, best bets to wrap up this monster edition of the show. Alex, what do you like for best bet? It's a BetCast night. It's a Tuesday, and we've got a Metro Division battle between the Pittsburgh Penguins and the New York Islanders. Give me the regulation draw plus 325 is the price I ended up grabbing uh, at Bet Online. This should be a tight, fun one. I think we're going to see lots of hitting and not too many goals. I think this one's going to coast past 60. So, Isles and Pens, regulation draw plus 325. That is my best bet for Tuesday. There you go. Back to the Thailanders and draw Island. New York Islanders, Pittsburgh Penguins draw uh, for Alex P. Smith with his uh, best bet. Uh, Matt, what do you like for best bet? Yeah, so I'm not going to go to New York for the New York Rangers-Dallas game, uh, despite Nick's probably guessing that I was going to take the first period over a game over in that game. I'm actually going to take the first period over in the Colorado-Vancouver game. Uh, there is a lot of juice, so you might want to bet it live if you're afraid to put a little money out there, uh, but I think there's no way this doesn't hit. So that's uh, that's my best bet of the night. Colorado, Vancouver, first period over. All right. There it is. Vancouver, Colorado, first period over. Uh, best bet for uh, Matt Robinson here. Uh, minus 140 to minus 150 is what we're looking at that right now. So uh, that's a uh, best bet there for Matt. Uh, my best bet here for this uh, Tuesday card. Uh, there's a lot to choose from. Great slate overall. Uh, I am going to go with the... Um, Oh man, this is uh, this is interesting here. I'm I'm trying to go between Devils team total over and that Vancouver Colorado. I'm going to go Vancouver Colorado over six and a half minus one twenty. To me, it's just that Vancouver can talk all they want. They're going to have to try to tighten things up. Easier said than done on a back to back against a team that's been scoring goals for fun at home all season long. We have a trend toward overs with Vancouver on the road, Colorado at home. So uh, we're going to go with it. Canucks, Avs. Uh, Vancouver, Colorado, over six and a half, minus 120 uh, for my best bet here for this Tuesday NHL card. A reminder, the BetCast is tonight, Patreon-exclusive, live BetCast tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern. We can't wait. We're looking forward to it. Uh, if you're a Patreon member, make sure you join us. And if you're not yet a Patreon member, you got three hours to sign up right now, $10 per month, three hours uh, to get that done so you can be part of the BetCast tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern time. And again, should be a lot of fun and a great Tuesday night NHL card. So join us for that, and you can do so by signing up at patreon.com slash iceguys for just $10 a month. We've got a great Wednesday show tomorrow. Carter Hutton rescheduled. He's supposed to be on earlier in the year. Had to cancel last minute, but he's back with us tomorrow uh, on the show to break down the Wednesday card talk, his career as well. Uh, looking forward to that. Uh, so join us for that show tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith and Matt Robinson, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Tuesday night, and we will enjoy the games and good luck. We will see you in just a few hours' time for the Patreon exclusive live betcast, and again tomorrow on Wednesday for another edition of the Ice Guys. Mm-hmm.